Well, hello there. You have the pleasure of spending another evening with Dana Solo. Um, I guess uh, let's uh, start with a little abrupt music. have it isn't that lovely um so we're on uh episode seven of uh a lot of them um we've really done a great job with keeping track and organizing all these shows into well thought out topics and uh usable information so i'm going to give myself a round of applause for that that's all my doing uh pretty great right so tonight, I think I've got a fun topic for you, but I'd like to tell you a little bit about my week. Um, I did some fun things. Um, I got to hang out with a friend mm, several times, several different friends, several different times. Um, I went out into the country and I got my legs all cut up in some tall grass because I, I planned poorly. And uh, it hurt. It was great. Um, and then uh, I went back to work. There, there really was there. That wasn't anything exciting. I didn't really need to share any of that. Um, but let's get right into talking about the things that Dana uh, thought would be useful to other people other than himself. Um, so. Tonight, I think we're going to talk about being a victim. So that's a pretty broad topic. Um, I don't think that there's, I think everybody has an idea in their head about what a victim means to them. Um, and I think I'm going to try to broaden your scope of what a victim is, because I think there's as many different ways of being a victim as there are uh, ways of being a human, uh, as, as many ways as there are of having a conversation with somebody or exchanging information. Um, there's a lot of different things that happen. I mean, there's, um, there's a balance. And I don't know that you can, you can be a, a victim of circumstance. You can be a victim of luck. You can be a victim of, uh, well, anything. You can be a victim of exploitation. You can be a, a victim of sarcasm. I don't know. There, there's an infinite ways to be a victim. Um, I'm going to talk about a few different ones and how being a victim actually can perpetuate and create new victims. Um, it's, it's contagious. It's like yawning or uh, the flu. So everybody reacts differently. For the first thing you have to think about is we're going to go back to childhood. Uh, we can talk about uh, the first time that you remember feeling like 
wow, that doesn't feel fair or that hurts my feelings or that physically hurt me. Um, think about that. Think about the, the first active memory that you have of something happening to you that you felt was unfair. Um, I'll share a really easy one. And I think everybody has something similar that happened. Um, maybe you're playing in the sandbox and you're in kindergarten and somebody's playing with a really cool toy and then it's your turn and you go to play with the toy and somebody takes it away from you or recess ends and you don't get to play with that really cool toy that you've been waiting to play with. So here you had an expectation um, that for all intents and purposes, things were going to be just and fair. And that didn't work out the way your expectations thought. Um, I think a lot of different things happen in that initial situation. Uh, we process it from a lot of different directions. Um, sometimes it comes from a perspective of how you were raised. Um, if you were raised by somebody who teaches you not to take injustice laying down and teaches you to that, that no, you need to stand up for yourself no matter what. You need to take that toy and play with that toy because it's just. You deserve that toy because you waited patiently for it. You earned it. Take that toy back. That type of person may have inadvertently raised a bully uh, or somebody who would exploit somebody else. Um, children don't always know how to react in a situation like that. Um, they don't have the finesse of having uh, sophisticated conversation skills, uh, being able to communicate effectively and cleanly without using hurtful things as ammunition, um, without trying to belittle somebody. Um, so here you have a child that I don't, uh, I don't necessarily agree with what happened. I'm going to stand up for myself. How am I going to do that? Well, I'm six. So I'm going to yank that thing back and knock that kid down. Well, you were a victim. You didn't get to play with a toy. And how you reacted to being a victim in your mind was to become the aggressor. And that's what I'm talking about, of perpetuating victims. Um, by becoming the aggressor and taking that toy back and being overly aggressive, you've created a new victim. Um, this new victim now has to process what happened to them. Wow, geez, I just picked up this toy and wanted to play with it. And maybe it wasn't my turn, but did I really deserve to get hit or knocked down or hurt in some way? Now I have a new victim. How does this victim retaliate? Maybe they don't. Maybe at their house, when they try to stand up for themselves, maybe they can't. Uh, maybe they're physically abused. Maybe they're verbally abused. Uh, maybe they're sexually abused. Uh, in any of those situations, a child feels powerless because they can't stand up to themselves. There's a giant there that they're basically powerless against and they can't do anything to stand up for themselves and 
the person that they care about is the one probably doing the abusing. Um, so what do they learn to do? They learn to self-soothe. They learn that when they are the victim, there's not much you can do about it. And if you do try to do something about it, it's not usually going to be worth it. Um, you are going to take that feeling of injustice and you're not going to blame anybody. You could blame a circumstance. Um, I think a lot of people work past that right away. Um, there's, I think that's more of a childhood feeling, uh, that feeling of woe is me. Oh, the world's not fair. Why is everybody so mean? Everybody's always mean to me. I never get anything. Nothing fair ever happens to me. Um, that I think is your typical, like when I said, we're going to talk about victims. I think that's where a lot of you went. I think probably you thought I was going to talk about victims of abuse and assault and having a victim mentality. Cause I think a lot of people, when they think of a victim mentality, they think of, Oh, woe is me. Knife isn't fair. These like the Eeyore. Um, but that's not what I mean. Um, like I said, vic being a victim is huge. There's so many different ways to be a victim. Um, so here you've got a child. One of them has become the aggressor. They've become the aggressor because they've already assumed the victim mentality. Here you have another person who becomes self-deprecating because, oh man, I, I guess that's not fair. I, what am I going to do? Who can I turn to? They're used to seeing somebody that they care about or somebody that should be able to help them, somebody that they should be able to turn to and talk to about something that they feel is unjust or unfair. They can't turn to that person because that person has taught them that their feelings are wrong or they've minimized their feelings, saying that their feelings aren't right. Like they, that you shouldn't feel that way or you feel too strongly about what happened or they, they take the effectiveness away from the situation. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can look at being a victim. So we could talk at another, talk about another way of looking at victims. Um, let's go, let's fast forward a little bit into the future. Um, remember teen angst. Um, I think this is a, a pivotal point where I think people really start to develop their true adult victimhood. Um, I think the older we get and the more we see people interact with each other in situations like at the mall or out hanging out downtown or at a friend's house or at a party, um, even like talking about things online, you see the way people converse, the type of verbiage they use. Um, you really start to learn um, the intricacies of human interaction. Um, and I'm going to go back to something really basic before I started on this topic, and that is being an animal on this planet. Um, it's very easy, and I think we as humans, one of the more intelligent creatures on this planet, uh, we are no different than any of the other animals, uh, insects, anything, plants. Really, the fundamental root of existence is that we find a niche, we find a resource, 
and we consume it with as much fury as possible because we don't know how long that resource is going to last. It's evolutionary. That is our trait. If there's extra, we save it and try to ration it. If there seems to be an unlimited supply, we use as much of it for as many different things as possible. That's what humans do. And through conversation and through interaction, we do that with each other. It's just a lot more complicated. Sometimes the resources are how a person feels or how a person interacts. Um, we can use that in an example for, let's talk about somebody who's maybe neglected at home. They don't receive the kind of attention that a child should or a kid should as they grow up. They're ignored a lot. Their parents are absent. The parents don't listen to them and they're just left on their own. Um, here you've got a situation where that child has to develop a really rich inner dialogue. Um, they have to rationalize things themselves. They have to learn how to self-soothe and they are only given the tools that they see in their environment. Um, they're a reflection of all the different traits that a person has as their parent. Um, they're taught to have these dysfunctions. Uh, so as we, as we go through, as we enter into teenhood, they're still victims, but victims have gotten a lot more complicated now. It's not just taking away a toy or knocking somebody down. Now you can be the victim of sarcasm. Now you can be the victim of bullying. Now you can be the victim of gossip and rumors. Now you can be the victim of assault. Now you can be the victim of life. I mean, life can be really hard, especially for a teenager. I mean, your home situation, a lot of your situation that uh, you're going through as you're growing up, these are all new to you. You're just learning how to process these. And much like when you were a kid in the sandbox, like you might not yet know how to react properly. You may still not have proper role models. You may still not have um, a lot of good experiences, uh, people that you have interactions with that maybe you could have assumed a victim role, but they were healthy and they treated you the way you deserve to be treated and maybe gave you an example of how to really handle a situation. Some people don't have that. And I think that further reinforces the model as we grow into adulthood, um, adding more and more layers of complexity on top of how we function as an adult. And I don't think we realize how deep these layers go until we probably reach like 30 years old or if we have a kid or there's a major life event that makes you really like get introspective and look at your internal functions. Like these mechanisms that have been going just on autopilot without you paying any attention to it. Um, we can talk about, uh, let's say somebody in high school starts a rumor. Um, you are a slut. You slept with Billy and um, they think that you're easy and all the girls start talking and whatever. Uh, but just that situation. Now, again, you have two different ways to react to that. You can either withdraw 
Uh, you can internalize it. You can say, wow, yeah, I'm a real scumbag. Even if that didn't happen, I put myself in a situation where these people found it necessary to start this rumor that I did something scandalous or I did something inappropriate anyway. And maybe it wasn't exactly what uh, the rumor is. I should still feel bad because I still kind of made this happen for some reason. Um, that kind of victim, that sucks. Um, they might not stand up for themselves. They might talk to their friends to look for some support, to look for some comfort, and they might get some, um, or they might not. They might just withdraw back. They might uh, embrace it and say, oh, you know what? They think that about me anyway. Um, I'm just going to be that. Uh, that's already who I am now. It's been decided that that's the kind of person I am, and that's that's fine. I'm just going to I'm going to embrace it. Then you've got the other way is the combatant. Uh, this isn't fair. This is unjust. I'm going to seek justice. Um, people can go about that a lot of different ways, too. Um, there's a lot of inappropriate ways to go about that. There's the people that come out swinging, find the person that started the rumor and beat the hell out of them. Um, there's the person that wants to maintain their image and make sure that they look good no matter what. They might go to an authority figure um, and try to get those people in trouble. Um, there's the other person that just really, I think one of the most healthy ways to be a victim is to try to find out what caused that other person to create that situation for them. Talk to them like, you know, I always said earlier, being a victim begets more, begots more victims or creates more victims. Um, find out why they would do that. Are they trying to take attention off of them for a very similarly related insecurity that they have? Um, are they jealous of you in some way because they feel like maybe life isn't fair and you have something that they don't? And to give them a sense of value, they turn you into a victim or try to bring you down a notch onto their level so that they feel better about themselves. Um, that's possible. Um, I see a lot of people, even as an adult, they're having a bad day and maybe they feel like something's not fair or somebody didn't do something that they didn't want them to or somebody uh, failed in one of their expectations. And as a way to make them feel better about themselves, they become the bully. They become the aggressor. Um, they could get highly critical and criticize you for a lot of your shortcomings, uh, criticize you for a lot of things that um, you know that you're insecure about and they see that about you. Um, try to knock you down so that they feel like they have more value again. Um, they can compare themselves to you who is inferior and they can feel better about themselves after they've turned you into a puddle of mush. Um, the victims perpetuate and it gets more and more diabolical the older you get. Um, the worst part about it is the people who are emotionally immature, uh, the people that don't learn from their interactions or learn from their mistakes, um, the people that lack the ability to deeply introspect and really get a, think about 
why they did the things they did instead of just not deciding to not feel bad and pushing a sense of they deserved it onto somebody else. They deserve to feel that way because they did this. They deserve this. They deserve that. Maybe they don't. Maybe the reason they acted that certain way is because they're going through something hard themselves. And maybe you were let down because you had an expectation and that's on you. You're feeling bad shouldn't come back on another person. You've made yourself a victim by creating an expectation that wasn't met. You did that all on your own and you should feel bad all on your own. You shouldn't make somebody else feel bad for that. Um, I'm going to use a different example. Um, I'm going to talk about um, being the victim of unmet expectations. Um, let's say you start a job and you do pretty well at the job. Um, you're you're a good. You have good attendance. Um, you've learned all the job skills and. Everybody at work gets along with you really well. Everything's going great. Now, let's say uh, one of your coworkers decides that, hey, I'm, uh, I think that we should stock these end caps. And maybe that's not your responsibility, but you decide to help them sometime. Uh, maybe on Mondays, every once in a while, you help that person stock an end cap in your store. Um, now that person comes in and that end cap isn't, isn't stopped. Like they, they haven't, they haven't done, you haven't done that thing that they expected you to do. Well, that thing wasn't your job to begin with. You don't have to do that. Um, they've created an expectation for you to meet. And they're upset because you didn't meet that expectation. That's on them. Your position has, it doesn't require you to do that. Um, you can feel bad for somebody getting upset about a situation like that. Um, but I wouldn't invest too much into making yourself feel bad. Um, unmet expectations are almost always the coming from a person who has made themselves a victim. They're a victim of you not meeting their expectations and they lash out at you. Um, they'll criticize you. They'll belittle you. They'll let you know how bad it made you them feel that you let them down. Um, and they don't care how they make you feel, even though you have no reason to feel that way. Um, there are certain times where expectations are reasonable, obviously. Um, I expect when my kids ride in someone's car that they wear seatbelts. And if they don't wear seatbelts, I'm going to be upset because it's the adult's responsibility. I expect the adult to be responsible enough to make my kids wear seatbelts. That's a reasonable expectation. And I think that's pretty normal. I mean, a situation like that where I expect that when the stove is on fire, somebody who's aware of that, try to put it out. 
instead of standing there. I mean, there's reasonable expectations, um, but then there's secret expectations. Like maybe sometimes I expect people to be nicer than they're actually going to be. And I make myself a victim because they ended up not being so nice. That's fine. I mean, that's part of being a human that your expectations are not always going to be met and you're going to get hurt feelings, but are you going to turn somebody else into a victim because of your hurt feelings? I think a lot of cases people do that and it creates, it compounds. Um, I've noticed on TikTok, um, I recently started watching a lot of videos and there seems to be a never ending supply of 60 second, like mental health, like super condensed workshops that tackle everything from narcissists to psychopaths to just like sociopaths. I mean, there's so many different videos out there, self-help videos or like it just, there's a variety of things that really cater to exploiting when somebody feels like a victim. Um, not everybody's a narcissist. Not everybody's a psychopath. Not everyone's a predator. Not everyone is mansplaining. Not everyone is bigoted. You can pigeonhole people into a lot of different categories. And there's so many buzzwords flying around right now. You can make yourself a victim out of almost anything. And so can everybody else. Everybody's a victim. Everybody else is a victim. What's the point? The point is that there's a pretty clear way to handle being a victim. And that's to confront what made you a victim. Is it something that you can change? Maybe. If you feel like a victim because it rained a lot and your basement flooded, I'm sorry, you're a victim of circumstance. That happens sometimes. You can tr choose to feel bad for yourself and, oh, woe is me, I never catch a break. The life, life isn't fair. No, the, or nothing works out. Or you can confront the problem that made you feel that way. Why did the basement leak? Oh, well, there's a crack in my foundation. I should get that fixed. Then that won't happen again. Maybe my house needs better drainage. Maybe I should put gutters on my house. Maybe I need a new sump pump. Like, there's ways to address that. And you can take that to a person. Um, let's talk about how, um, how people interact with each other when they feel like a victim. Um, you go into a convenience store and you ask for a lottery ticket and the person working behind the convenience store is really snotty and they're like, hold on a second. And they're looking at something on their phone and they're texting somebody and they make you stand there and wait while you're waiting for them to fiddle around on their phone and you're getting aggravated. Right now, you're the victim. You're the victim of them not giving you the kind of attention you feel that you should be getting. You have unmet expectations. You expected that employee 
to wait on you in a timely manner, and they didn't. Um, what are you going to do? Are you going to confront the problem with clear, clean communication and find a resolution that works for everybody? Or are you going to be an asshole because you feel like retribution is the right answer? Um, I think our gut instincts, our, our child mind, our immature minds tend to want to reciprocate. We want to, as, as an aggressor at that point, make them feel as aggravated or feel ashamed to an equal degree that you feel like you're a victim. Um, you might say, hey, I want to talk to your manager about you ignoring me and farting around on your phone. Or say, hey, is that way more important than doing your job? Aren't you getting paid to wait on people right now? Or just maybe you knock something over on the counter and you don't buy anything and you just walk out of the store. You've just created another victim. What if you said to that person, hey, is everything okay? It looks like you've got something important going on there. Are you all right? What if that person said, yeah, I'm just texting the babysitter. I think my kid's sick and I might have to leave work and I'm worried. Are you going to be mad about that? I mean, you talk to a person like a person and you gave them respect and you found out, oh, now there's no more victims. You've stopped it. You've addressed an issue. You've talked to somebody from a place of compassion and you've done it cleanly. You've done it without jumping to a hostile place. You both feel better. You both won in that situation. You have a chance to be compassionate. Wow, that's hard. I'm sorry. Yeah, that stinks. I get it. And now you move on. The other person that knocked over the tower of lighters on the counter, that person was already having a sketchy day. They're working behind the counter. Their kid's homesick. They don't make a lot of money. They're pretty stressed out. And now they've got to lose more hours to go home and take care of their kid. And on top of that, now they've got to pick up the mess that you made. Boy, they feel like crap. Life isn't fair. And you did that just because you didn't want to wait or talk to them like a human. So being a victim can create a lot of different situations. I hope I've kind of broadened a little bit of a perspective there. Um, I'm going to talk about being a victim of age. So I think as we develop, I think some people just stop at a certain point. It almost feels like in a lot of cases, there, there's a fair proportion of society that once they hit about 30, they stop learning. They stop changing. They're pretty much set as a human. They don't continue to evolve. Um, that's sad, uh, but it seems to be a pretty solid way of moving through the universe as a human, apparently. Um, then there's the other people that maybe they're not satisfied with themselves. Um, maybe that's why they continue to evolve. Maybe they look at themselves and they say, wow, I could have handled that situation better, or I'm kind of ashamed of how well I did in this situation, or any number of reasons, but they continue to evolve. Um, I think that there's fewer and fewer of those people, but it seems to be turning around. I think um, 
especially with COVID and forcing people to be more isolated, I think it's actually created a little bit of the traumatic uh, experience of being a neglected child, uh, being isolated, um, not having anybody to turn to, to help you out, to work through your confused or hurt feelings. And it's actually triggered people to be a lot more introspective. Um, I think people are starting to learn to be a lot less aggressive and really they're based on what I'm seeing as far as like all these helpful TikTok videos and YouTube videos and like these therapeutic help videos that it seems like there's a lot more people that are truly interested in having a healthier perspective on life and in general. Um, I think honestly, it's one of the best things that can happen is that forced personal growth through suffering. Um, it's one of the main reasons that empathetic people are empathetic. And one of the main reasons that unempathetic people are the way they are. Um, having to cope with a hard situation as a child, you develop coping mechanisms and ways for you to get through difficult situations that a child uses. I mean, unless you've gone to therapy, unless you've read books on personal growth, unless you've explored the inner workings of why you actually feel the way you feel as you grow up, um, if you just accept it the way it is and you continue to have these reactions to things, you're never going to emotionally grow up. You're never going to reach a point where um, you can handle these situations like an adult. Um, that's frustrating for somebody who's a lot more in touch with their feelings. Um, it gets depressing when you have conversations with people from a sensitive place and you take their feelings into account, but that same courtesy can't be reciprocated to you because those skills were just never learned. Um, it's, it's hard to deal with. Um, that in and of itself can create victims. Um, you can be a, a victim of your own intelligence. You can be a victim of your own ignorance. I mean, it, it goes in both directions. Um, so I guess the point I'm trying to make here is uh, now that we've had this forced, uncomfortable event of isolation and an unpredictable scenario where we don't know where the future is headed, it's really challenged a lot of people to be more introspective on what they really feel inside and how they should communicate that to not only eliminate some of their suffering, but to prevent suffering from reaching other people as well. Um, it's kind of great. Um, I'm sorry that a lot of people have to go through some really hard things to learn that, but I think as a whole, our species is gonna benefit greatly, at least for a little while. Um, but uh, we'll see. I mean, this is just me making a kind of superficial observation. Um, I think we can talk next about uh, 
how our society and culture really it promotes victimization and taking advantage um, from the most fundamental building blocks of our society. Um, let's talk about capitalism. Uh, it's just, it's economic Darwinism. It's, you might have a good product or you might have a perfectly good service, but if somebody else is willing to undercut you and take that business away from you, whether it's morally correct or not, that's encouraged through our economic structure. Um, if I mow lawns for $30 an hour and Mike mows lawns at $25 an hour, and why, why would, what if I can't afford to mow lawns for $25 an hour? Um, and what if Mike's doing it on purpose? Uh, maybe he's intending to lose money for a while just to drive me out of business and then he can raise prices. That's exploitation and that's what our economy is based on. It's exploiting things and taking advantage of things, um, creating victims. Um, Mike might feel like, man, Dana thought about cutting grasses first and, and that's not fair. I wish I could make money cutting grass. I'm going to get rid of that guy. And he got mad at me. Maybe he's mad at me for my success. Maybe he feels inferior to me in some way. And he wants to drive me out of business because that's the American way. He doesn't feel bad about it. And I do, but maybe I shouldn't feel bad. Maybe my business model wasn't strong enough. I'm basically taught through the economy that I should fail because I left myself open to that victimization. Okay, cool. That's a really healthy way to think, but that's what's encouraged in our culture. We're encouraged to say, hey, I deserve this because I wasn't smart enough or I didn't plan hard enough or I didn't do the thing. I deserve to be this victim because I just wasn't good enough. That's what we're taught. That's what our political system teaches us. Um, it's who's the most popular. Um, we talk about advertising. Um, advertising makes everyone that watch it a victim. Um, when you see an advertisement for McDonald's and you see these happy families smiling and playing and eating this food that looks so good on the TV. They seem to be really enjoying it. And there you're sitting there and you're maybe hungry and you feel like you're missing out. Man, that's not fair. I wish I could be doing that or I'm missing out. Uh, I'm not going to get that. I wish I, I, if I was eating that, I'd be happy like them. You've, they made you feel bad. You compared yourself to somebody that looks way happier than you. You feel bad for yourself and you can do one of two things. You can feel bad or you can address that. Um, you want to go eat McDonald's now because they made it look good. Same thing with political parties and their advertisement. 
Well, you, they, they create fear mongering. You don't want to support this evil person because they're evil. They're very bad. I am very good. No, they are very bad. They are not good. They are lying to you. And they paralyze you with indecision. They victimize each other. They victimize you. They're perpetuating victims. And they, if they make you scared enough and they make you feel like enough of a victim, that makes you passionate. Uh, when you're passionate, you go above and beyond to express that passion, whether it's distaste for a political party, whether it's distaste for a political movement or even a race or people of a sexual orientation. People get demonized and they, maybe it's okay to, for, it, it, I, don't, I don't wanna say it's okay, I'm gonna say, um, maybe a politician can feel like it's okay to attack a certain minority because that's what they are. They're a minority. And by attacking that minority, a lot more people in the majority might feel the way they feel and they are more popular now. Um, going Roe versus Wade. It's pandering to a system of morals that are written in a 2000 year old book that's okay though because there's a lot of ignorant people in a majority apparently that support that so from a politician's perspective that's okay to do um it's encouraging them they're succeeding because they're creating those, they're furthering more victims. They're creating more victims and they're rewarded for that. We've created a society and a culture that really reinforces us to create more victims and to not feel bad about it. And when we are a victim, it's teaching us that there's not a lot we can do. Uh, we just didn't do the right thing. And that's why we're a victim. We should have done better and we should just accept who we are and just be happy and be happy being the victim. Cause there's nothing you can do about it. So just cheer up. Okay. That's, that's terrible. And I see people actually say things and do things like that. Like, I'm sorry you're sad, but your sadness is making me miserable. So cheer up because it sucks to be around you. Wow. It's my fault that I feel bad. And it's also my fault that my feeling bad is making you feel bad. Wow, I should feel bad for that too. This is really going to create a situation where I'm going to come out of this feeling great. And then you're going to feel great. This is perfect. I really enjoy this. Well, that's how people interact. That's how our society and our, our, our culture, that trains them how to react that way. I'm going to teach you about something that I really feel would help me. And I'm terrible at it. And I'm trying to create a stronger sense of it within myself. Um, I'm not great at it. I'm pretty terrible at it. But... Um, I call it, and I've heard the term said before, but um, I guess I'll jump on the bandwagon, but 
being more sovereign. Um, by that, I mean outside the influence of other people's negative behavior. Not let it, being able to be emotionally intelligent enough to identify when somebody is expressing passion towards you about something that really you shouldn't concern yourself with. It's bullshit. Um, being outside of their influence. When they try to make you feel bad, when they try to criticize you, when they try to make you a victim because they feel like a victim, being able to intelligently identify that, no, that's silly, and almost having a sense of humor about it. Hey, look, you're angry, and I don't agree with that. I'm sorry you're angry, but I can't be around for this. You have fun with that, and being able to walk away. Being able to say, you know what, what I'm going to do might make you feel bad, but it shouldn't. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. And maybe we just shouldn't spend as much time together because it looks like we're having a hard time just being ourselves around each other. Um, other situations like maybe you can't accept somebody's bigoted, racist behavior. You don't have to pander to that. You don't have to be okay with that. You can cleanly say to a person, I don't like hearing that, and I'm not going to try to make you feel like it's okay to speak that way just to have you like me. If you want to like me, you can like me, but I, I don't appreciate hearing that sort of thing. That needs to stop. There's nothing wrong with saying that. You're not making a victim. You're just expressing how you feel. If the other person wants to interpret that from the perspective of a victim, maybe they'll lash out at you, or maybe they'll feel bad, and maybe they need to feel bad. Maybe they need to think about their situation and what they've created by not feeling bad. I think it's a good opportunity for a lot of us to evolve. Um, being sovereign means being emotionally mature, being emotionally moral, uh, being in touch with your own reactions and your own coping mechanisms. You might have them from childhood. Uh, they probably aren't going to go away, but it's your job to know about them. And you need to deal with them on your own. Nobody's going to help you deal with your issues but yourself. So if you have a bad coping mechanism, if you have a bad reaction to something, it's your responsibility to handle that better, to continuously improve. Um, and that's where I am. Um, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm in a constant state of improvement. Um, sometimes I slack in some areas so I can grow in other areas. Um, sometimes I need to identify that I need a break. I don't need to push myself. I deserve what makes me happy. And constantly forcing myself to be unhappy, to please other people, that's unnecessary. No one should have to do that. Uh, it's like forcing somebody to be straight because you have to be straight to be Catholic. 
when they're gay. They're never going to be happy. There's no way. They can't get married to a woman and have kids and be fulfilled in their life. They're going to be miserable. Why would anybody do that? I have to have a job. I love everybody I work with, but my job sucks. My job is terrible. My pay, especially with inflation now, is awful. I can't afford anything that I fundamentally think are pretty humble desires. Um, what do I do? Not much. I don't really see a solution right now, so I have to deal with it. I can lash out at people. Maybe I could sit at work and complain all day. Would that help? No. I could talk to my boss, see if I can get a raise or take some of my responsibility away because I'm really not getting paid to do the amount of work that I'm doing. Maybe that doesn't work. Maybe there's no way. Maybe they can't hire somebody else. I could look for another job. I can't find another job right now. There's not something that I would enjoy more that would pay me as much or more money. I'm kind of stuck in a situation. So how do I deal with that? I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can brainstorm it, but don't do the unhealthy ones. Identify, like, you don't need to be a victim. You have a pretty decent situation compared to somebody else. Like, actually look at the positive sides of it. Maybe you have good benefits. Maybe your pay really isn't that bad. Maybe the things that you think you need aren't really necessities. Maybe you just think you want those things because you've been programmed that way. Um, is it going to help you? to criticize a coworker because you don't feel like they're working hard enough and you see yourself as working really hard? Does it make you feel better about yourself? Does it help you martyr yourself to cut down on somebody who's having a hard time with the job too, maybe? Um, there's a lot of unhealthy people out there that do that sort of thing. I see it a lot. I see it at home sometimes. I see it with my kids. Um, they criticize each other because maybe they're feeling bad about themselves. Maybe they didn't get something that they wanted to have. And they've seen it modeled where when you feel bad, if you criticize somebody else, it makes you feel better because they feel worse. That's what we teach people. I mean, I don't think that's good. So I don't want to do that. So, I guess being just taking your conscious thought, taking your presence and not putting yourself to a point where you feel like you're better than anyone. That's dangerous. I'm not better than anyone. I am just like everyone else. I am an equal to every other person. It's frustrating sometimes where people devote their attention. Right now I'm choosing to devote my attention to being a caring, kind, empathetic, easy to get along with person. Um, and it makes me upset when I see other people victimized. And it's difficult because that's where I, I get passionate. Um, when I identify somebody lashing out at somebody else where there's an injustice where somebody's hurting somebody else just to make themselves feel better or taking advantage of somebody's weakness i get passionate about that i won't stand up for myself in a situation like that because of i, I have low self-value low self-esteem 
But if I see somebody else who can't defend themselves, it's like watching a movie. It makes me passionate. And that could get me to do something that I wouldn't want to do. It could cause me to have a verbal outburst. It could cause me to get physically violent. Um, in some cases, if somebody's hurting somebody else, or physically overpowering somebody else and violating them in some way, it's very difficult for me to not react to that in a physical way back. And that wouldn't make me any different than that person. Um, I have to remind myself of that. I have to take a step back and say, whoa, don't, don't be there. Don't put your head there. You can't, you've got to handle this. You've got to think, you've got to find a better way to handle this. So I think I've touched on at least five or six different ways being a victim isn't just about sitting there and being like, oh, woe is me, all this bad stuff happens to me. Um, being a victim, I think, has a 50-50 shot of making somebody feel bad for themselves or making somebody into an aggressor, somebody who's a bully, somebody who takes advantage of people. Um, and that's dangerous in both respects. Um, the person that internalizes it, that makes themselves feel bad inside, that's doing a universe of hurt to that person. And it's really going to make it hard for them to come out of that. It's so easy to downward spiral from there. Um, the opposite, the person that goes out as the aggressor when their expectations aren't met, or when they feel like they're a victim of somebody else's injustice or they were a victim of injustice that person is encouraged to be aggressive and to not consider other people's feelings and to seek retribution and to really go after somebody and take what's theirs um it's encouraged and it's sad and I think sometimes people take offense to the fact that the way they say things and the way they interact with me, I'll say it right to them. I'm like, that doesn't feel right. That feels gross. Like that feels yucky. I don't think you should do that. I don't want to do that. If you're going to do that, go ahead. But I don't think it's a good idea. That sounds wrong. And some people do it anyway. That's where you can really learn how to set boundaries with people. Um, if you're somebody that wants to be sovereign and outside the influence of those people, you don't have to stop interacting with them. Maybe you do at a certain point. I mean, when somebody becomes a murderer or starts stealing things or raping people, you probably need to stop talking to them or at least distance yourself a lot. Um, but you can't always do that. What if it's a parent? What if it's a kid? What if you just need to be there for somebody because... Yeah, they made terrible mistakes, but you need to stand up for the fact that they may not have anybody and they did those things because they don't necessarily have a healthy perspective themselves. Maybe they're lonely. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they're a victim. You have to have that compassion. Um, so I think if you look at uh, on the whole of everything, being more sovereign, being more outside the influence of those negative things. You have to hurt people's feelings because 
there's not a way to do it without appeasing their negative behavior. Um, they can choose to grow or they can choose to move away from you. And I think that's a natural way of creating boundaries. Um, maybe you can encourage somebody to be more like you, uh, be a good example. Um, not everybody's interested in that. Um, I've tried to be a good example for a lot of people and tried to demonstrate more positive ways to dealing with situations or interacting with other difficult people. Um, and sometimes people just don't understand it. They just, they're, they're so fixated on these core beliefs that have been instituted by capitalism and religion to be bigoted and take advantage of people. And our laws encourage it. If you're legally right, you can still be taking advantage of somebody and doing something that's not fair, but you can still feel good about it because you're legally right. You're entitled to be able to do that because you're smart enough to do that to somebody else. It just, it feels gross. I'm not interested, but I can do that. Why do you feel gross? It's totally fine that you do this. Well, it just doesn't feel good to me. It feels like it's bad and I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of that and move yourself away. You don't have to go along with stuff just because somebody else tells you you should. Um, you have to be independent from that. You have to be sovereign. You have to say that my opinions are different and I value my opinions and I don't think that yours agree with mine. And I have to take a step back because I don't want to be involved in that. That stops the victim cycle. You're not a victim anymore when you do that. Um, and you're not creating a victim. Somebody else could create a victim in their own head and say, well, that person's, it, I, I can perpetuate this forever. But basically what I'm saying is it comes down to personal decision. Um, it comes down to supporting each other, being a positive influence on each other. Um, it comes down to being tough sometimes, being able to step back and say, this needs to stop. I can't be a part of this anymore. Um, or reaching out and saying, hey, this seems hard for you. Can I help you grow? I mean, sometimes people can, sometimes people can't. Sometimes it's a matter of patience. Not everybody has the same level of patience. Whatever, it's okay. Just do your best. <laughs> It'll be better than it was anyway. But, um, I think this was a fun conversation. If you enjoyed it, uh, please comment or uh, give it a like or give it a subscribe. Check back in with us. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. Maybe I'll have more people with me. Eh? Life gets a little crazy, but I was available, so here I am. Um, I think next week we'll probably have a good topic that we can discuss. Uh, we'll, we'll have kind of our theme going where we talk about how things happened when we were kids, how that affects us when we grow up, and how it makes us weird and how we like each other, maybe don't like each other. I don't know, but I'll be back with my friends. So I will talk to you all later, and I hope you have a good night or day 
or whenever you're listening to this. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.